you ever wondered how you, an elementary teacher, can move from inside the confines of a standardized curriculum box to a teaching and learning space that is more creative? And how can you make this leap in your teaching practice in an easy and more systematic way that doesn't create more work for yourself during planning sessions? This is what I'm hoping to accomplish with Get Off the Dotted Line, a podcast that gives elementary teachers simple step-by-step tools, guidance, and advice on how to make teaching more creative without sacrificing high-quality content, instruction, skills, and amazing learning potential for your students. I'm your host, Dr. Paige Hendricks, and together we will explore different ways to simplify your planning and add a lot of creative impact that is outside the confines of standardized curriculum and the dotted lines. In today's podcast, we are going to talk about a word wall, what it is, why you should make one, and how to use it. I'm going to give you five creative, easy tips for making your word wall super effective, usable, and worth the time and space in your classroom. So by the end of this episode, I promise you will have five tips for your word wall that you can implement into your classroom with your students. These tips helped me immensely as a new teacher to get a solid yet creative start on making, incorporating, and using a word wall each and every day. And stay tuned for the Cut That Out section of this podcast, where I'll give you access to a handout so you can remember the tips we talked about and use them right away. Whether you consider yourself a creative teacher or not, or just need a spark to re-energize your classroom atmosphere tomorrow, this episode will help you confidently engage your students and create an atmosphere for high-quality content, instruction, and amazing learning potential to begin. So what exactly is a word wall, and who came up with this idea? According to Patricia Cunningham, who is credited with also inventing the word wall, the word wall is an area in the classroom where words are displayed, but not just any words, the truly important ones. They are systematically organized, and a word wall is a tool designed to promote group learning. And what words can or should end up on your word wall? Well, many teachers opt for high-frequency words that students see in their everyday reading and writing. Word wall words are often words that can't be easily decoded in a regular, predictable manner. Take the word what, for example. If one uses good phonics instruction, this word should be pronounced at with a short A sound, but of course it's not. Therefore, what was a word I would have put on my word wall? Word wall words can come from the Dolch list or the Fry list. Whichever you choose, there's no right or wrong here. Keep a few things in mind. The words on the Dolch list are the words commonly found in basal reading textbooks. So if basal readers are still being used in your classroom, then your students would or could benefit from this list. If not, I would consider the Fry list. The first 100 words on Fry's list contain 50% of the words that appear in all printed materials, making them very high frequency and high utility. 
There's nothing to say that you couldn't use a combination of both lists, as some words may overlap, but some words you, as the teacher, may select because they best match your reading content materials. So the choice is yours. This brings me to why you should make a word wall in the first place. For one, I found my students increase their knowledge of how to recognize, read, and write high-frequency words tenfold. Word walls aid students in developing both phonics and spelling skills. Students can use the word wall to visualize spelling patterns and relationships between words with similar roots and sounds. A second reason to make a word wall in your classroom is to help students achieve fluency, or the ability to read orally with speed and efficiency, including word recognition, decoding, and comprehension. Able readers who achieve fluency also increase their levels of comprehension. Another reason for making a word wall is to help students independently learn the spelling of words contained on the wall without the assistance of a teacher. Instead of having to ask the teacher to spell every word for them, students have a reference in their classroom to refer to when writing. The word wall as a constant visual fixture in the classroom can be especially powerful for those students performing below grade level. Now, like anything, you'll want to make the word wall accessible and use it often in your classroom. If you see the benefit, your students will too. So here are five tips on what your word wall could look like. Tip number one, I highly recommend putting the word wall on a large bulletin board or wall space. I had mine in the back of my classroom and it took up almost the whole wall. It was big enough to see from anywhere and students could walk up to it if necessary with a clipboard or a pointer. Tip number two, divide your word wall into sections alphabetically, putting all of the words that begin with the letter A in the A section. So you can also reinforce the alphabet for these students who need extra practice. Tip number three, print your words in black, easy to read font, but make your vowels red. Now you have an additional lesson in the difference between vowels and consonants. Tip number four, begin the school year with a blank word wall. I found that adding words, even simple sight or high frequency words with students makes much more of an impact than assuming they know the words already there. And tip number five, teach or review three to five new words with your students during whole group instruction. You'll want to read the word, have the students read the word, clap and chant it, find the consonants and vowels, and pick out any blends, digraphs, word families, etc. in the word. This process took me all week, as I didn't want to overwhelm my students with all of these nuggets of information in one whole day. Plus, we had three to five words that we were working with. We always put our new word wall words up on the word wall on Fridays. It was like a ritual. Now, if you're curious about how to clap and chant words, this is how I was taught. You always want to say the word, clap the letters or sounds that you hear, and snap the sounds you don't. For example, the word hat, we hear h, a, and t. So I would clap it h, a, t, hat. For the word what, we have a blend at the beginning of that word, wh. So for the blends, I would make sure that the students clapped quickly. For example, what 
would be clapped like this. What? W-H-A-T. What? Now, if you had a word with a silent E at the end, for example, that would be when you would incorporate your snap. So the word bake would be clapped like this. Bake. B-A-K-E. Bake. Now, if I was going to spend my time at the end of summer before school started making that word wall, you'd better believe we used it all the time. So make sure that you also reference and remind your students to use the word wall during writing time or whenever you're writing or reading anything, during whole group meeting, calendar time, center time, or even make it a center, or during other content areas when writing is involved. My advice always is make it once and use it as many times as you can. Then the word wall becomes second nature to your students and a usable piece of learning in your classroom. Not sure what to do with your students in grades three through five or six? Create your word wall as a thematic unit wall or content area wall instead. If you're studying ecosystems or rocks and minerals or famous Americans, find high frequency or high quality content area words you want your students to reference, know, and use, and put them on the wall. The best part of this plan is that your students can come up with words to put up on this type of word wall too. And there are many teachable moments discussing what these words mean, how they're used or misused in the literature, connections between words, Latin or Greek roots, the possibilities are endless, and also worth the time and energy to set this up. So to recap, I promised you we would discuss five creative, easy tips for making your word wall super effective, usable, and worth the time and space in your classroom. These tips can also be used for thematic or content area word walls for students in grades three through five or six. Here are the five word wall tips again. Number one, put your word wall on a large space in your classroom for everyone to see. Number two, Divide your war wall into sections alphabetically. Number three, print your words in black, easy to read font with your vowels in red. Number four, begin the school year with a blank word wall. And number five, teach or review three to five new words with your students during whole group instruction each week. So there you have it, five efficient and creative tips for your word wall to implement into your classroom. Whether you consider yourself a creative teacher or not, or just need a spark to re-energize your classroom atmosphere tomorrow, I hope these five word wall ideas have helped you confidently engage your students and create an atmosphere for high quality content, instruction, and amazing learning potential to begin. To review key takeaways from today's episode and get the free handout, please visit my website at pagehendricks.com. That's P-A-I-G-E Hendricks.com. You can also find the handout in my store at Teachers Pay Teachers at Get Off the Dotted Line. Before we go, 
I hope you have enjoyed this podcast and want to listen to more. Please subscribe to Get Off the Dotted Line. I can't wait to share another podcast with you. Thank you again for joining me, Dr. Paige Hendricks, in today's episode of Get Off the Dotted Line. See you next time. Thank you.